Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. We hope you all had a very happy Easter, and hope you enjoy this very special Easter message by our lead pastor, Brad Britton. Brad talks to us about the hope the resurrection brings in our own individual lives and this world. Pastor Britton also talks to us about how this hope is a light in the darkest of times. I don't know what you're dealing with in your life, but I can promise you this. The resurrected Christ will come running after you, will do whatever it takes. And while it was dark, you remember she arrived at the tomb? God has this way of doing some of his best work when it is darkest. And never forget what Jesus said to the disciples, because I think it's a message for you and me today. And it sure means a lot more than chocolate and beautiful weather. In this world, you will have trouble, but be encouraged. I have overcome the world. Let's pray. God, help us to hear a word of hope and grace and love and what you say to us and through us. And especially today, Easter Sunday, as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ and and what that means in our lives, that it's not just a story from years ago, but that it is a reality today. Help us to see that in the message you give to us, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Walking around H-E-B because... We're empty nesters now, and that's our idea of a good time to go to the grocery store. And as I'm prone to do, I just hung with Alicia through the produce section. We always start there on the produce section there on the right, and then I just walked off and looking around and went over to the greeting cards. And I was looking at some of the uh, Easter greeting cards, and they had some really pretty ones, you know, the the Easter bunny and then the flowers, and then inside you'd open the cards, and they'd have these messages. Easter is about family and fun. Another card said, Easter is about love and chocolate and beautiful weather. Is that why you came today? No! No! No, right on cue. I like you. Yeah, gotta. Is that all it takes? Yeah. Hey, it's chocolate and beautiful weather. No, it's not. Right. Wow. I I feel like we should just stop now. I mean, yeah. Did you? Yeah. This is not how I saw this starting out and playing out. Okay, let's get to the Bible really quick. Um, All four Gospels tell this story, obviously. How could they not? Uh, There there are differences in each story, but they all have the same uh, point. Jesus Christ uh, was resurrected by God, and the tomb was empty. That's why we're here today because that's a living reality. It's not just a story in the past that we just give a nod to. and 
it's a reality today. And, and John tells it so beautifully. He said, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene was walking to the tomb. Can you imagine what it would be like to walk in the dark to a tomb? No, thanks. I don't think I'd even start the, the journey. I want to wait till that sun's up, don't you? I mean, I want it to be daylight. And but she walks to the tomb. It's still dark. She gets there, and it's empty. And she immediately thinks someone has stolen his body. And, of course, anybody would think that. She then encounters the angels. She goes back. She tells the disciples in that great part of the story where Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved are running, and I guess Peter slacked during track and because he, he, he didn't make it to the tomb first. The other disciple made it first, and, and they look in, and there's no body. Well, it gets interesting from there because now it's, what do you do with that? What do you, what do, you do when you go to the tomb where they place the one that you gave your life to, and, and he's not there. Well, uh, they run back. Supposedly, they believe at this point. It's like, hey, he said this would happen, and I guess it did. And Mary, she's standing outside the tomb weeping, and then something amazing happens. Jesus shows up. So my question is, why did Jesus show up for Mary but not for Peter and the other disciple? I mean, couldn't we have just done a small group there? You know, we're all here. Somebody gets some punch and cookies. Let's have a little fellowship here outside of the tomb. So he shows up, and uh, Mary... Uh, is so overcome with emotion, she doesn't even recognize him. And they begin this conversation. She asks, they've taken my Lord, and thinking he's the gardener. And then she doesn't realize it's Jesus until Jesus says, Mary. Calls her by name. I imagine there are some of you here today who are here because in one way or the other, he's called you by name. Whether your name is Mary, John, Susie, Timmy, whatever your name is, he's called you. So he speaks her name, and then she immediately recognizes that it's him. He came back for her. Uh, so you think about the resurrection. What's the, what's the point, really? I mean, God could have resurrected Jesus and not had him appear to anyone. He could have said, you know, you treated him so badly. You mocked him, you beat him, you crucified him. I think I'll just resurrect him and be done with all of you. Forget it. Failed experiment. But what did he do? He came back. And so, if anything at all, this story today and our resurrection life, it's about forgiveness, it's about grace, it's about God coming back to us. He didn't have to come back to Mary, but he did. Um, I have a friend uh, who's a pastor, and 
He was telling me a story uh, years ago about he and his brother sitting in the back seat of the car and uh, they're driving. This is in West Texas, probably 50 plus years ago. And they would fight in the back seat. Anybody ever have that? Anybody? Your kids ever fight in the back seat when they were little? My, I have an older sister. She's three years older than me, and I made her life a living hell. I mean, I was just annoying. I was the one, you know, don't don't cross my. And I'd, I'd be the one. I wouldn't like. I'd do like a little finger, you know. Just. <clears throat> we drove from Dallas to Los Angeles. Oh, wait, it gets worse. We drove from Dallas to Los Angeles. This was like in 1980, I think, in a red Toyota Tercel, really small, no air conditioning. There was no radio. So we had a tape deck in the back seat, and we only had one song on one cassette. Would you like to know what the song was from Dallas to Los Angeles? Yeah, you want to know? Elvira. I kid you not. I kid you not. It is a miracle we're still alive today. It's a miracle. Well, my friend said that his dad there in West Texas, they'd be driving along, and if he and his brother were fighting in the back seat, he'd just stop the car, said, get out. The boys would get out, and then he'd drive about a mile down the road, and they would run Run off the energy. Now, granted, this is back West Texas, pretty flat, right? You know, years ago, and I am not suggesting you do this, by the way. I don't need any emails. Relax. But he told this story, and one of his church members actually did it. Now, this is in the Metroplex. So, drops the kids off. He drives a little ways. A couple minutes later, he sees a state trooper car coming over the hill with the kids in the back seat. But I love my friend's message. He said, you know, my brother and I always knew that our father would be there. And even if we couldn't run to him, we knew that he would run to us. Here's Jesus' story about running. And, well, he didn't have to run. He just came back and appeared. In a church years ago, it was Easter Sunday, and I was walking in the sanctuary, and I had some friends that were uh, really funny. They were just like to mess with me, so I'm walking in for the service and literally processing in. Had the choir, the whole deal, and my friend who's sitting on the end of the aisle says to me, prove it. I said, prove what? And he said, you know, the resurrection, prove it. And I'm like, be quiet, you know? How are you going to prove? How am I going to prove that? How can anybody prove the resurrection? I mean, no one was there to see it, the actual resurrection. And to think that somebody could stand up here 15, 20 minutes and prove to someone the resurrection is actually a crazy idea. It's an impossible task, really. But then I began to think. What is a good proof of Easter? And you know what it's been for me? 
It's been the people that I've encountered in ministry that have faced unbelievable heartache, unbelievable grief, and they still show up. They still believe that the resurrected Christ is with them, even in the worst of times. There's a family in one of my churches, their son had committed suicide, and it was awful, awful, you can imagine. Went over to the house, and as I walked into the kitchen in the garage, there was an old baseball glove hanging up on the wall, and it was a reminder of when he was younger. We sat at the kitchen table and cried. What do you say? I said, as bad as this is, we believe that God can even redeem this and that your son, no telling what was going on in his life, and there's grace even then. And and do you know this family? They could have gone two ways. They could have just said, forget it. Why show up for Easter? Something like that could happen. But you know what they did? They, they not only held to each other in their faith, the mom became the leader of the Stephen ministry of that church, which is a caring ministry that helps others. Now, that's proof of Easter to me. Another graveside service I did, there was a older couple, and we were standing there, and it was a columbarium where we would have the inurnment, and they stood there, and I couldn't help but feel it as they stood there. The dad held the urn in his right hand like this, had his arm around his wife, and it was as if he was holding a baby because he was. It was their daughter. And just like we come to baptism, it just, there they were offering back to God. That's my proof of Easter. Good Friday, we had a service in here. It was very, very meaningful. Very. We ended the service in silence, and so Pat, David, and I did what the others in the congregation were asked to do, which was to take a stone and uh, place it at the foot of the cross. And so we walked over here and just placed our stone at the foot of the cross, and then we walked out this door to my right and then went into the uh, cry room, which is off to the right. And people just came and left in silence. So I was just standing there looking out the window and just waiting, let people have their time and leave, and I couldn't help but notice the people walking out of the service one by one, proof of Easter. I've been here long enough now to know some of your stories, and I saw some people walking out that door that have faced a lot of things the past year, yet they were here, and they not only believe, they they cling to Christ.
What about you? What does this mean for you today? Is this just today we get together uh, with family and, hey, let's go to a service and have brunch or lunch and call it a day? Is, is that it? Uh, no. I need you at the 11 o'clock service too. Would y'all mind? I, I mean, can you imagine uh, the Easter card? Can you imagine going into the home of someone who's lost a loved one and saying, cheer up, Easter's about chocolate and beautiful weather. Here's some M&Ms. No. No. Uh, It is the resurrected Christ. It's our only hope. Bishop uh, Will Willimon was a dean at Duke, and he told a story about a student that he met at chapel, and uh, this student started coming. He hadn't met him before. He noticed he was beginning to attend, and so uh, he asked him after the service, hey, you want to grab lunch? And so they they had lunch together, and he asked him what his name was, said his name's Jason. He said, well, well, how'd you get here? He said, well, I have an interesting story. He said, "Uh, I wasn't the best kid growing up, and Willimon said, "Ah, that's all right. We we hear that a lot around here. It's, It's okay. He said, no, uh, you see, I got into all kinds of stuff and ended up in Chicago selling myself on the streets. And one night I rolled this guy from Chicago, a businessman, took his credit card and went on a spending spree. And next thing you know, the police arrest me and I'm in prison at Joliet. And Williman said, wow. We don't hear that story here that often. He said, yeah, I told you it was bad. Yeah. He said, I ended up in prison, and there in prison, one of the men kind of took me under his wing and began reading the Bible to me. I'd never heard anything about the Bible. And one day he was reading out of Luke, Luke 15, where he talked about the lost coin and the sheep and the prodigal son, and he said, it was as if Jesus grabbed me by the shoulders, pinned me up against that prison wall and said, I got plans for you. You're more than this. And that was it. Jesus, the resurrected Christ, just came to me. I got out of prison, went to Michigan State, did well in school, but I always wanted to go to Duke, so I transferred here, and I've been doing great ever since. And it's like, wow, what a story. Then Jason said to Willem, and he said, you know, Easter's coming up here, and it's got to be hard to preach here at Duke on Easter about the resurrection. So if you need a story, I got one for you. He said, yeah, we always need good stories. And He looked him square in the eye and he said, uh, I am your proof of Easter. I'm your proof. You know what Jesus said to the disciples in John 16? He was having this long discourse. They'd had the Last Supper and they're having a long conversation. Really, it's just one way with Jesus, and at the end of chapter 16, you can read it. He says, 
in this world you will have trouble, but be encouraged. I have overcome the world. Text Sample was a professor and writer and is, and he told a story about 1965 when he took part in the march with Martin Luther King Jr. and the others as they went down the streets into Montgomery. And if you remember, this led to the Voting Rights Act. Thousands and thousands had gathered, and they made their way to the the steps there, and Martin Luther King Jr. gets on the back of a flatbed truck, and of course we know the I Have a Dream speech, but this one was just as powerful. And he's speaking about how to have hope when it looks like there is no hope. And as they were marching towards there, Tex was in the crowd and one of the ladies bumped into him and she had a, a handful of peanut butter jelly sandwiches and a, a jug of strawberry Kool-Aid. And she just handed them to him. So he's standing there holding a jug of Kool-Aid and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Of course, everyone's hungry and thirsty. And so he takes a drink out of the jug and there's a proper way to do that. We could show you later. There's and then he takes a sandwich, and then he just hands one to the next guy. And then he said, I know it wasn't communion, but it sure felt like it. And before he knew it, this lady who'd give him the Kool-Aid and the peanut butter and jelly, she just said, hey, brother, we're going to overcome. And then she disappeared. Well, then Martin Luther King delivers this powerful message. And the speech has been named How Long, because he goes on about how long, how long, and he follows it up with not long and this, this beautiful pattern. And he, he says, how long? And the, the people that are gathered are saying not long and back and forth. And, And it's something maybe we say today, too, when we face difficulty. How long, God? How long will it be this way? We turn on the news and we see another terrible thing that has happened. Senseless violence. And we ask, how long? And then he says, not long. And the conclusion of his speech, just so powerful. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And text said that three years after that, Martin Luther King was assassinated. And when he heard that news, he remembered being there that day. And, and he asked himself again, how long? But then he said, I was reminded of the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and the strawberry Kool-Aid. And the words, hey, brother, we're going to overcome.
I don't know what you're dealing with in your life, but I can promise you this. The resurrected Christ will come running after you, will do whatever it takes. And while it was dark, you remember she arrived at the tomb? God has this way of doing some of his best work when it is darkest. And never forget what Jesus said to the disciples because I think it's a message for you and me today and it sure means a lot more than chocolate and beautiful weather in this world you will have trouble but be encouraged I have overcome the world Christ is risen Christ is risen indeed Amen Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.org.